This is Channel Attitude. Your voice, your right, your freedom. Oh shit! It's Vince Russo! Vince McMahon's best kept secret. I am the anti-Christ of professional wrestling. David Arquette runs the world title. I've got a wife, three kids at home, and I really don't need this shit. How can this shit? Show. Be so awful, Mr. McMahon. I didn't think it was. By Angro on a pole match. And Hogan, you big bald son of a bitch, kiss my ass. Judy Bagwell on a forklift match. McMahon and the family, the rock, they screwed us all. Now you're the editor, right? Mankind did it! Jumpy, jumpy, uh, beep, beep. Goldberg steered Russo out of the cage. I'm from New York. I'll get down right nasty. This is... Vince Russo's The Brand. You know, Stevie, there are a lot of people that say I'm as beloved as Bob Ross. A lot of people have said that. They put really? me in that Bob Ross category, you know. How, how many people? How many people? Can you? Can you? You, you got a number? My dog. <laughs> he can't talk. Well, it's he says it in his eyes, Stevie. He says well, it you, in his what, eyes. What are you feeding him? Scooby snacks. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? What's happening, Stevie? What's going on, man? Man, I'm having a ball. Like I told, I don't know if I told you, I've been working with a mayoral candidate here in town. Did I tell you about that? You you did, but you really didn't get into it, but you've mentioned it. Well, we had the elections uh, uh, a day or so ago. Uh, Tuesday, actually. And uh, it's going to be a runoff. Oh. And I think it's all because of your boy. Yeah, huh, bro? Nice. I think I'm, 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 see, I'm trying to get into political crosshairs, man. So so when is the runoff supposed to be? Uh, you know, I, I don't know exactly when the runoff is. Uh, actually, me and the, one of the campaign guys were talking yesterday. And it's funny how people in politics, because we've talked about politics on this show on on, on numerous occasions. And it's funny how people that really are brought up in politics look at politics totally different than the way I look at it you know mm, I've yeah. told you how I felt about politics man and on a local level I think you can really do some things to change things in a city or a town mm-hmm. you know and things like that you know but I think on that national scale man you are either in the game or you're not in the game. Yeah. Yeah. You either yeah. you either part of the family or you out of the family. You know, yeah. so that's how I feel about certain things. And you get into these in-depth conversations with people and you start dropping things on them that goes in your mind and they like, wow. You know, man, I I never thought about it like that, you know. I know because we're all wooed by what we think we know. And I think that's what I think the last frontier. Like when I was a kid and I used to watch Star Trek 
and you would hear William Shatner verbalizing the show as it comes on. And he says, space, the last frontier. Mm. I don't think the last frontier is space. I think the last frontier for the common man is how politics really works. Wow. Yeah. Go ahead. Elaborate on that a little bit. It is the one thing that we still believe in. You know, you got people walking away from religion. You've got people opening their minds to so many different things that they wouldn't, you know, privy to before that their minds are opening up to now. Just mm-hmm. like the fact that you and I have had racial conversations on this show a numerous of times. And Vince, whether you know it or not, those conversations you and I have had, you being the antagonist that you are, and fans, I apologize for him for that, but be that as it may. Uh, <laughs> see, look at him laughing, man. He he, he won't even admit it. Man. He can't help himself. That's okay, though. <laughs> I think... Some of the conversations that we have have open open minds for people that listen to us. I think so too. That's a good thing, Vince. Yeah, I agree. That's, a, that's the first. That's the first step. Yeah, yeah. Do but you that, th- outside of outside of us though? Let's be honest. Do you think that's happening more? Well, you know, Vince, you and I have talked about this. At least I have, and I've talked about it on other shows too. A lot of people are afraid to talk about race and race relations. But that all is a part of how politics has pretty much scoped yeah. your mind. That's true. Yep. So that is why that is one of the reasons. Because even on social media, the people that really talk about things that are very, very important as it pertains to, you know, racial things. Brother, social media is trying to beat them down, bro. Yeah. They go yeah. out of their way to keep those videos, mm-hmm. you know, not yep. circulating like other people that's talking about this. Yep. And Absolutely. that's that's control, man. Where does that control come from? It is the unknown frontier, bro. Yeah. But we know it's happening. The algorithms show it. You know, it's so funny, uh, Stevie, like, you know, talking to people like you on a weekly basis and, and, and Ben and, and Stevie Richards, I've become like so enlightened where I see things now I would have never seen before. Okay. Here's a perfect example. This is a perfect example. You know, we talked a lot about, you know, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey and, you know, bro, she's not political. So she's not going to say one way or another, get the, get the, get the vax. Don't get the vax, but I'm going to date a guy who's doing commercials about getting the vax. Right. We've talked about that. I saw something amazing the other day, bro. Two things at once. Yeah, bro. On the own network, you know, the own, bro, I'm, I'm a, uh, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm a welcome member to the own network because they know I do this show and the own network's all about brothers and sisters, bro. Mm-hmm. So I, I watch the show often. Okay. But the only white show on the station is Dr. Phil, right? Mm-hmm. Bro, okay. I'm watching an old rerun. I thought Dr. Oz used to be on there too. I don't think he's on there anymore. Oh, okay. I don't think Dr. Oz is on TV anymore since he, since he got into politics because he can't be. You know, you might be right. You might be right. Yeah, Maybe that's yeah. why I haven't saw him. You're right. Yeah, that's why, bro. So right. 
I'm watching Dr. Phil, and it's during COVID, right? So, bro, Dr. Phil comes walking out, and as he's walking out, as he's walking out, he's taking his mask off. And I'm saying to myself, wait a minute, bro. Why didn't you just take your mask off in the back before you came out? But right. he wanted to, that was his way of getting the message across and promoting, oh, I'm wearing my mask, so everybody needs to. I would have never seen that three years ago, bro. And you see, and you know, it's a countdown. It's a countdown before you yeah. go out. Oh, absolutely. Hey, 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 take this mask. Yeah. Okay, Doc. Five, four, nope. three, nope. two. Nope. Oh, forgot. Yeah, oh. exactly. And I see, I see things like this all the time. But right. The small, the small, the small, subtle things that you yeah. really don't pick up on. Yeah. But there's a million of them. That's the thing, bro. They get ingrained. It gets ingrained in your mind, bro. You know, like right. they used to say with the old, with the old, uh, uh, Coca-Cola commercials, you would be able to see things in the ice like a, a wee-wee and a hoochie-hoochie. Right. Right, Remember, right, right. That, that's been going on since the beginning of time. Oh, yeah. We got a bigger issue, though. Okay. Tell me, what does this run off? Like, what does it consist of? Well, you know, when both people don't get, you know, over 49%, you know, that's what the runoff consists of. But you got you got other people that were in the running for mayor also. So those guys are out. Well, you take them out and it's just the last two. Right. See, this could be a red flag now. Why is that? Because now since you've been promoting this candidate, Mm -hmm. what if they now start looking into your dark checkered past? (laughs) What? What about that? Look, man, I did. Don't look, look, man, me nothing, bro. You got a dog. These guys, what if they start interviewing these guys? Stevie, these guys here. What if they start interviewing these guys you used to hang run around with in Vegas? Look, man. Yeah. As yeah. far as I am con- in Chicago too. What if they interview your friend Ahmed? Speaking of Ahmed, bro. <laughs> bro, you we we got disconnected when I was waiting for you to give me the green light. We got disconnected and you never called me back. Do I, I have I did, your I did call you I did call you back. You didn't pick up. Do I have your blessing? Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. We 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 we're going to make things happen here. We're going to make Listen, what I'm talking about, bro, is and I want to talk to you about something far more important too. See, I really, it's, it's wrestling related, but it's really not wrestling related, but I want to pick your brain, bro. Junior, our our younger brother uh, (laughs) went to town, bro. Our our boy, our man went to town, bro. And I'm reading this and I'm like, this is our boy, bro. You're you're (laughs) killing our boy, bro. You're killing our boy, bro. (laughs) <laughs> oh, hey man! What is it about it that you had a problem with? I, bro, I, bro, why do why do I feel bad for Ahmed? You you tell me. Why do I watch all these interviews and then I feel bad for him? You tell me. Because you know, bro. At the end of the day, here's the bottom line, Stevie. Okay. okay. He didn't know any better. Like he didn't know any, he just, he didn't know any better. I think, you know, Vince, I remember you telling me that years ago, right. and Vince, I'm going, I'm going to tell you this. 
man to man, pimp to pimp. I like that. Pimp to pimp. That is what I say to people that I really have a genuine care for. And from my, from my upbringing and surroundings, that is what two people will say to each other when it's about to get deep. Right. Man to man, pimp to pimp. Yeah. So that means everybody else get back. Those two guys are going to let them work this out. Go ahead. I remember years ago you saying that, and I remember years ago you having those kind of sentiments for Ahmed. And I'm going to be honest with you. I actually appreciate you thinking like that and giving a person the benefit of the doubt. And the way you see it in a professional wrestling world. Right. Okay. That's true. Yes. But I'm going to enlighten you on this. He knew better. It's just the fact that he is so ingrained within himself as to how he sees things and how things should be is the reason things happened to him the way it did. Is it, but, but, bro, let, let, you and I always go back here, bro. Okay. Was, was it his naiveness due to his upbringing? You, you see, let me, let me I explain this. I understand what you're saying, but let me explain this to you. Me and Tony have been in business together before we ever got into the wrestling business. Right, okay? right. And these same things came up several times. So, in essence, what I'm telling you is this. We all suffer from naivete when we get into something. But I'm going to tell you what my mother told me when I was a little kid. And I'm quite sure your mother that you loved very much because I can tell by the fact you talk about your dad all the time that your parents were very close to you. Yeah. Your mom ain't never steered you wrong, right or wrong. Right. I'm going to tell you something. My mother ain't never steered me wrong. A very intelligent lady. And she used to tell me when I was a kid and my other siblings also, boy, when you don't know something, sit down, shut up, and listen. Did your mother ever tell you that? Maybe not in those words. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, yes. So the only thing you learn, the only way you learn is what? Be aware of your surroundings, shut your mouth, and listen. That is the way, and that's in any form of life, and you getting into some new category of which you're not used to. I went through it. You went through it. So at the end of the day, and I will say this also, and I don't mind saying it. Me and Ahmed used to talk when he was in New York and I was in Atlanta. And what I used to always say, like I say, man to man, pimp to pimp. I would illustrate, don't get, don't do this. Don't do that. Blah, blah, blah. Do this, don't do that. On and on and on. Because I already already went through it. Or going through it. So from a brother to a brother. And back in those days, our man was like a brother to me. Am I going to steal you wrong, Vince? Absolutely not. Do you trust me? Because we done went through shit together that I can't even talk about, not even with you. Not even on my podcast. That I can't even talk about. Those are the things 
Ahmed and I have gone through together. I'm not going to steer you wrong because I've been here for you and you've been here for me. Hmm. And you still find a way to walk in the quicksand. And I've already told you the quicksand is right there. Don't go over there. This is what a quicksand is. But you still go over there. You know, I don't know if this is like Hansel and Gretel. I don't know. <laughs> you know, I know somebody dropping, dropping, <laughs> dropping this stuff and make you go, you know what I'm saying? This is, and, and the witch is waiting for you. I'm going to be devil's advocate. Okay. Because you know how the wrestling business is. I know. Okay. Now, bro, come on, man. A guy like that walks into the back one day. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. There goes mm-hmm. my spot. L- l- let's face it, bro. Bro, I remember when Bill Watts was telling me about Ahmed before I ever met Ahmed. Bill right. Watts was so freaking high on Ahmed. Then when I met him, I was like, holy shit. And you know, every one of the boys is saying that in the back. Now, listen, bro, I work with them with all due respect. Mm -hmm. I don't think Ahmed was the sharpest knife in the drawer, which means that Ahmed... I don't know exactly what that means. And and my African-American vernacular growing up in Southeast Houston, I've never heard that before. What does that mean? The sharpest knife at the drawer means you're probably more... you're, You're probably more street smart than book smart but to me with all due respect i think in the professional wrestling world you need to be more street smart than book smart i do but but also when i worked with ahmed i can easily see because i'm gonna tell you the truth i'm gonna cut you off yeah ahmed is a very intelligent guy okay well but with that intelligent guy but with that being said, you are now walking into an arena with the best workers in the world. No offense to Ahmed, bro, but now you're among the elite. Right. Do you not believe that even though you're having conversations with Ahmed, when you're not having those com- conversations with him, he's getting work the other way. Like, hey, bro, what was your payoff? Well, well, I got this, bro. You got to say something. You don't think he's getting work that other way and he doesn't realize it? I wish I could really chronicle. I can tell you off, off when we're not on the air. I wish I could really tell you the conversation and use the vernacular, like I was saying, like I really talk. Not this Stevie Ray that everybody sees. I'm talking about this yeah. Stevie Ray when I'm one brother talking to another one. Yeah. And I'm saying exactly what you're saying right now. And I'm telling him this. This is what you look out for. The same way Scott Casey, the great Scott Taste Casey, sit me and my brother down and told us. Everything that would happen if we make it to the top. You know what the first thing he talked about? That you are African-American and the rules are not the same for you. Right. The great Scott Casey. He didn't have to do that. He sent me and my brother down right beside each other. And he said, I see something in you guys. And I think you guys got what it takes to make it, man. But I'm going to tell you just like this, bro. If you make it. 
This is the way they're going to try to do to you. They're going to do this. They're going to do that. They're going to try, you know, make you think this and blah, blah, blah. He's already telling us about the minefield. A white guy. And to this day, I got the most respect in the world of any professional wrestler I've ever met in my life. Scott Casey. Because he didn't have to do that. But he did it anyway. Years later, we hadn't seen Scott Casey in four or five years. Maybe four or five years. Maybe five. This is after we became champions and went through global and went through WCW and we're doing our thing. We're doing a radio show, you know, a call in radio show. And the guy that was, you know, we don't know what he's saying. You know how the office sets this stuff up. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Of course. And, uh, Man, my brother, oh, man, we got to do this radio show so we have to call in and blah, blah, blah. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, you know these guys, you know, the hey there, who there, hi there. <laughs> these kind of, you know, <laughs> these, yeah, yeah. You, you know these guys, man, you yeah. know, what I'm saying? this radio show. I don't know if they still got them today, but back in the day, in the 80s and early 90s. Oh, you You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know? yeah. Hey, we got a couple of guys, you know, we got the Harlem Heat on the. On the day they're WCW tag team champions, <laughs> you know this shit. Me and my brother looking like, oh fuck, another one of these. But anyway, hey, we asked a few questions, blah blah blah. Then, hey, we got a, we got someone that's called in who says he knows you guys very very much and he would love to talk with you guys. Is that okay with you guys? Okay, yeah. Who? Uh, okay, caller, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Uh, what's your name? This is Scott Casey, Cowboy oh, Scott Casey. That's awesome. Yes. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, this is a true story. I don't know if yeah. I've ever told you the story before. No, you haven't. Okay? Uh-uh. Because we on this subject, you know how you always jar stuff in my mind, okay? Yeah, yeah. I'm just going to show you the man that got us, prepped us. We used that same preparation with others, but be that as it may. He said, this is uh, Cowboy Scott Casey. And me and my brother were like, hey, Scott, what's going on, man? Blah, blah, blah. He's like, look, brother. I don't want to take up you guys' time or anything like that. I just want to say I am very, very proud of you. And before I go, do you guys remember the conversation that we had? And we said, yes. And he said, did it happen exactly like we told you to? I mean, that I told you to. And we said, yes. He said, well, that's all I need to know. I love you guys, and I'm very proud of you. And yeah. then he left. So all he said. Yeah. Yeah. And the radio guy was like, uh, I don't know what that was. I was like, I know, but, you know, blah, blah, blah. We just kind of like, yes. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. True story. Yeah. yeah. So those same things that I'm telling you about, these yeah. are the same things I'm telling him. Okay. From a real veteran. And he still didn't listen. Bro, how did you, how did you two meet? How did we meet? We kind of ran in the same circles. Like at what age? We kind of ran in the same circles, and I didn't know. We did come to find out he stayed right across the street from me. Because every time I would go somewhere, people would go, hey, uh, do you know Tony is is really – do you know Tony? I'm like, no, I don't know no fucking Tony. You know? (laughs) And I guess it was happening with him also. How how, And come to find out we stayed right across – Right. I mean, I could walk from my apartment to his apartment and so we, had, you, we never met each other. So you That's guys, how we you, met. are you in your early twenties? Uh, I was like, he was like in his early twenties. I was like 27. 
something like that. Now, do you know about his upbringing, parents? Like, do you know? Do you know all that about him? Oh yeah, I've met his parents. Okay, so so he he came. Would you say he came up in like a normal childhood, like yourself? I don't know if his childhood was like mine because I got a lot of siblings. Right, but he he had a mother and father that were there and together. Yeah, okay. I don't know if they were together. Yeah. By the time I met his mom, his mom was one of the sweetest women I, woman I, I ever met in my life. Yeah, you know, and uh, I, we went down to Lakeland, Florida. He and I to, uh, and I met his mom. Matter of fact, stayed at her house. Now his dad didn't stay. His dad and mom were together by that time, and his dad stayed. I, I don't know, on the other side of town or something. But I didn't meet him because he went to see him by himself. This was, oh my God, this was years ago. 90, 1990, maybe? Yeah. 89, 89, 88. It was years ago. Bro, yeah. you and I are the only two <laughs> doing a podcast about the great Ahmed Johnson, you and me. We keep his, yeah. we keep Ahmed spirit alive. Come on, bro. <laughs> maybe we, maybe we do, especially when you finding, you finding stuff like that and sending it all over the world. You started different interviews, bro. And you know, you bro, you know what's here's what's sad. Okay. If I get if I hear bad things from Ahmed, and it's from like somebody I don't like, mm-hmm. that's one thing. Yeah, but bro, I'm off. always hearing stories from my boys, like D'Lo and and and, but like it's always people that I like, so I I know they're telling the truth. You know what I mean? Right. Well, you know, I used to get calls. Well, you know, me, my brother, and Bradshaw, we all came up together. Right, right. So, and and Ron and I have always, and you remember they were tagging together. Yeah. Ron and uh, Bradshaw. Yes, yep. And, oh my God, brother, those guys used to call me and go, what is up with your boy, man? (laughs) This is no lie. This is another story I've never told. And I'm not going to tell it on this show, man. I, I, oh, I don't come wanna, on, man. Will I you, don't want to do this it, is, man. This is Ahmed Johnson hour. Come on, man. Uh, <laughs> come on, let me hear it. Come on. <laughs> they used to call me up and go, what's wrong with your boy, man? Because everybody, knew, everybody yeah. knew our history. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, okay, what did, what did he do this time? You know, right. that kind of stuff. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> And then they would tell me things, and I was just like, you know. <laughs> I was like, wow, man. So I would call him, man, what are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. Don't think about Lee, that stuff. You know, we have our conversations and stuff with this, that, and the other. But, hey, man, on the real, on the real, how can you save a man from himself, man, if he's determined to do things the way he wants to do them? Yeah, bro, I did not know that story Mark Henry told about, you know, Ahmed hurting Ron and putting him out for a long time. And, you know, wrestling, bro, as soon as he came back, they booked Ron against him. And, like, Ron really effed him up. And that right. that was the end of it. Bro, did you ever did you ever discuss that incident with him? Did he ever say anything? Well, no, actually, I didn't. I didn't find out about it until afterwards. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Because Ron and I used to talk all the time. You know what I'm saying? And Ron yes. knew we were close. So I'm the last guy he's going to keep it from. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but see, Run bro, that, close. But that's, that's the Brad, thing. Bradshaw, not so much. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's nothing I could do. Once it went down, I I knew it was going to happen before it happened. Yeah. I just yeah. didn't know where and how. And 
See, bro, that that was the beginning of the end, man. Yeah, that's the thing, man. It's like when you know Ron Simmons and what a freaking man he is, (laughs) and something like that happens, you know somebody really, really effed up because Ron's not that kind of guy, bro. Well, in essence, man, it goes a little deeper than that, than the way the story was told. It's a lot deeper than that. It was a few more sentiments involved than just the way that story was told. But I'll leave that where it is, man. Yeah, yeah. You know, you you can see it coming. Yeah. All right, let's switch gears. We talked almost 30 minutes about the great Ahmed Johnson. But we didn't get get into the question. You know, you sent me the article. For some (laughs) reason, I couldn't pull the article up. Yeah. And then I couldn't find it. But you so and I that's why I was trying to call you back but couldn't get through. I wanted to know what was asked in the article. That's a great question because it seemed like Booker just went into business for himself. Well, that's what I'm like. I I I only got the bits and pieces of it. Let me see. Let me let me let me see if I could pull it up. I'm gonna have to pull up the uh, the email I sent to you. I don't know how the conversation came to play. Yeah, that's the part that I was confused about. So one of my homeboys, how did we get on the subject? Oh, I was telling him about you had sent me a link. And he was like, well, what is it about? And I said, man, my brother going off on a mat. And he was like, book. And I was like, yeah. And he was like, well, you. <laughs> He's like, man, you know, book ain't never cared for the guy. <laughs> because <laughs> this is another buddy of ours that we go way back with in those days when we started wrestling you see what i'm saying yeah so, yeah. so his his name is gary so he already knows some of the stuff that you know back in those days you know what i'm saying and he was like well you know you know book ain't never cared for the guy in the first place man i was like yeah but man i said i only seen the tip of the article man I can't find it. I mean, I'll find it. I, I will. I'll, I'll. I'll. I'll find it, and we'll talk yeah, about it. The one you sent to me, you had to go to a link and download whatever that was for me to look at it. Yeah. It only gave me the outline. Yeah. Of what was the starting of that? I'll, I'll find out, and then we'll get into it. I want to talk to you, man. I really want to pick your brain about this, man, because you and I love TV, love okay. TV, and we were both in the wrestling business, and this has to do with all of that. Okay. Okay. Now, bro, have you heard, because this is what everybody's talking about, have you heard the uh, the uh, brouhaha <laughs> with NWA, the cocaine gimmick, the CW, and all that? Yes. Okay. I got a whiff of it. Right, here's, here's what I want to ask you. I want to have this conversation, because we know television we know wrestling, you know, you know far more than I do. Here, here's what I want to ask you. So, bro, uh, NWA has a, uh, I think it was a pay-per-view. They just announced that they're going on the CW network, okay? So now they do a scene on the pay-per-view, which is reported um, approved by Billy Corgan. And, and what they do is they go to a shot, and it's Jim Mitchell and all his henchmen, and they're clearly snorting cocaine. Right. So now CW comes back. They have a little bit of an issue with this. 
now all of a sudden they're going from a from a network show to they're going to put the show on the app. And then the next thing you know, hey, NXT is now on CW. So WWE saw that, picked up the phone. Hello, CW? Yeah, we got a we got a little show here you might be. Okay. But forget all that. Okay. This is what I want to discuss with you when it comes to television and wrestling. Mm-hmm. Bro, I promise you there have been hundreds of incidents like that, worse incidents like that on CW broadcasting. Whether it was somebody was a heroin addict, whether somebody was getting raped, whether somebody was getting murdered, I guarantee you there's been a million things on that network that have been worse. Okay. Bro, why is it in your opinion when it's wrestling, all of a sudden now the standards are completely different. Even though wrestling is a television show on television, wrestling is not allowed to do what other television shows do on wrestling. What's your theory behind that? I mean, I got really mixed emotions about the whole thing. My first question or my first mixed emotion is, brother, I'm just talking about in, in, uh, NWA. Brother, do you really need that? Do we need a cheap pop like that? Right. I, I mean, I'm just asking. I mean, right, right. professional wrestling is exciting as it can possibly be for television right now. It's very exciting, especially the matches. Not so much as all the, you know, behind the scenes stuff, this, that, and the other. But that's the part I never got. And the question I would want answered is, why are we even going through with a cocaine theme in the first place? Do we really need that? Well, yeah, I mean, bro, because you got to ask yourself, how did that possibly get Jim Mitchell over? It, did, it, did, it didn't get, I mean, if you're doing something to get somebody over, how does that how does that get a manager over? It that's my point. I'm not just saying per se Jim Mitchell. Anybody. Right. No, absolutely. Absolutely. I don't see where we need, especially when we are trying to pretty much market kids. You have to market kids nowadays. That just Walt Disney, Walt Disney was right. You get the kids to come, the parents got to come too. So why go with a cocaine thing? You can't think of nothing better to do? What's wrong with that? Especially Jim Mitchell, he's been around this business forever. Yeah. He's been around, and if somebody came to me with that first time, I'm just like, hey, dog, dog, uh, let's think of something a little better. That's just me, because I'm thinking about it. I don't want my daughter, when she was five years old, there's certain things I didn't want her to see me do on television. Though. So I would always go, hey, man, can we uh, do that another way and try to get him? Not saying I would do it, but just alter it a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Because I knew my kid was watching, so on and so forth. Not that it meant anything, but that was just me. But But something like this, I don't get it, but it doesn't take but one time. Vince, and you know this. Pissed the wrong big name person in the office off, regardless if it's pro wrestling or not, 
and boom, the hatchet comes down. So but why see, mess with why mess with fire when you don't have to? No, I understand that, and especially especially in a new relationship. My point is exactly. Yeah, if you're First on of all, the Vince, you don't even know if these people really know right pro wrestling. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, exactly. They know how it can make money, but they don't know all. You know what I'm saying? All but the see, other inserts. See, Stevie, here's, I, I think I think this always comes back to to bite professional wrestling in the ass. Here, here, here's what I think when it comes to television. This, this I think is a problem. I think you got to clearly define who you are because, bro. Let's face it, man. CW or any other network, they're paying for the eighteen to thirty-four demo. That's what they're paying for the eighteen to thirty-four demo. These wrestling shows are on at night. They're not right. on Saturday morning anymore. They're on primetime television. So if you're going for that 18 to 34-year-old uh, uh, adult demo and those are the advertisers and the sponsors you're going for, how can you ask the question? How can, how can you make the statement, well, if kids are watching, bro, what if kids are watching your other adult-related well, shows? When I bring up the kids, I'm not saying don't do what you do because kids going to watch anyway. This episode will continue with part two next week right here at Russo'sBrand.com.